0: What do you say we get this started? Woo! This is a sold-out show I said. How about we get this started? Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the NYC Fest Stage, the original Peaches themselves. The Flophouse. Woo!
1: These are these or none? Check. Check. Siblings. Check. One, Check. two, three. Hey, Rock, Eric, and Mel. Wow. Hi, hey, Charlene, That's all I Already just, like,
2: talking to people in the audience.
1: Hey. How you doing, know, hey, Personal. You there, folks. <laughs> What's up? Who's here from out of town? We don't need to do that. All right. <laughs> I feel like... I want to go on a limb here, guys, but I think New York City is the best city. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, you know... When the Flophouse performed in <laughs> Brooklyn, we heard that Brooklyn rocked
2: pretty hard.
1: But here in Manhattan, I don't know. <laughs> the smallest tour.
2: Uh, so uh, we I should go? introduce ourselves. I mean, that's traditional. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Dan McCoy. Yeah. Hey there, Dan McCoy. I'm
1: Stuart Wellington. Woo! Hey, Dan and Stu, I'm Elliot Kalin.
3: Yay! Are
1: you sure? You seem like an imposter.
2: You're wearing a suit.
1: I am dressed nicely, which is not how I'm usually dressed for the Flophouse. Usually I am wearing pajama pants. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And not so much a shirt, I guess. I mean, it started as a shirt. <laughs> and then through years of a game I call Hug a Porcupine, it's, it's just been shredded. <laughs> It's not what it sounds like.
2: You're actually having sex with the poor people.
1: I call it hugging. <laughs> uh, but no, I was, I'm dressed up unlike these other guys because I came straight here from the Peabody mm. Awards. Oh. You're
2: a real awards
1: dropper. Mm, yep, I did, I did drop the award and it broke.
2: I mean I do work do on the like? same show. I yeah. I don't know why I'm so bitter about this.
1: Yeah. You shared a piece of that. You just weren't at the event.
2: Yeah. You
1: didn't get to see Steve Martin and David Letterman enough. on stage. Yeah, on. you're you're behind camera talent.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Accurate. have you know,
1: Dan once played a Santa Claus in a wrestling
2: Unitari. So Tell of that, I once I once played a guy who was me. Who explained It was the part you were born to play. <laughs> I once played a guy who explained analingus to uh, John Stewart. So Yeah, yeah. So your parents kept a copy of that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were literally out of the country when it happened. <laughs> this is weird. We can see everyone.
1: Yeah, and what I this, this is an
2: intimate. Uh, it's intim- this is an very intimate. This is an intimate. Half the audience state. is
1: in our lab. I'm going to fiddle
4: intimate with my
2: microphone state. so I can look at you
4: guys when I
1: talk. Dan, why are you turning into D. Snyder's Strangeland? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're sitting at a table for the people listening to this with big microphones in front of us, and it feels like we're like at the UN. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep. We're explaining why we blew up Sokovia right now. <laughs>
1: Dan, speaking of explanations, yeah. can you explain to the audience at home and here in the room and in space when it gets beamed out to aliens? <laughs>
2: when <laughs> we put it on a golden record. Yeah. Uh, what do
1: we do on this podcast? This
2: is a podcast where I we mean, watch... what is this?
1: Is what? it a podcast?
2: It's a podcast. Okay. Where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it.
1: Now, yeah! now Dan, if People I could... People are
2: excited by premises.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could ask you a question, Dan... Uh, roughly put, and I think you'll understand what I mean. Ma nishtana
2: halila hazeh.
1: Why is this episode different from all other episodes?
2: Because we are doing it uh, live, live, live from the cake shop in beautiful New York City. Uh, it's part of the NYC PodFest.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's
2: totally true.
1: And also, Accurate. and also, why is this episode different?
2: Um.
1: On all other episodes of The Flophouse, we watch the movie, and then we immediately
2: record. That's right. Yes.
1: But on tonight's episode, we watched it earlier this
2: afternoon,
1: and Mm -hmm. now we're recording. And as a result, our usually fairly slipshod grasp of the details of the film (laughs) may slip yet another shoe. Yeah, let's... (laughs) Which I'm just realizing is the literal meaning of (laughs) (laughs) slipshod.
2: You're going to go on an adventure with us. An adventure through the brain, specifically our brains, as we try and remember. What film are we trying to remember, Dan? Gods of Egypt.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) I barely even remember the title of the movie we watched. I think that's so unique, Dan. Well, I think part of it is there's also Exodus, Gods and Kings.
1: Yeah, it's not even that's a movie. Yeah, it's not even the only movie about Egypt with gods. In the title yeah. within what like a featuring nine an
4: entirely white all white cast. Uh
1: uh I okay, now here's almost the
4: thing. okay, I'm sorry.
1: It is a mostly white cast. It is an entirely non-egyptian cast.
4: Not, yeah, that's a good point.
1: But they managed to throw in several other races as extras. Mm-hmm. Snakes. And there's also giant snakes. <laughs> Where's their the representation? That's a race. <laughs> yeah. You're forgetting about the parts played by a cadre of bullmen. Right. <laughs> That's you know, true. Kind of like uh, I imagine, like the kids who grew up seeing Rocksteady and Bebop on TV, and were like, "Maybe there is a place for me in entertainment." <laughs> <laughs> but we should, I guess, should we talk about what the movies? Yeah, about we or? should.
2: Uh, yeah, usually we dick around a little bit, but
3: yeah, like, yeah. we yeah, should. So
1: instead, <laughs> let's not do that, Let? which
2: we've been just been doing, Dan.
4: Guys, I think it's time that we get right down to and new business. Uh, <laughs>
1: I think... Dan, top it. Top that, Dan. Top that. Uh, I've been
4: working on that since 1 p.m. today, guys. Hurrah
2: for the movie?
1: Now, is that a playoff of... And it's Ma. already That's better a play than a playoff of, of Horace, which is also the name of a character.
2: Yeah, it's, let's say it's playoff of both.
1: Okay. And I'm going to go, oh, Cyrus. Oh. <laughs> that should have been mine. That's my impression of Egyptian yeah. Dan McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take you back let's everyone close our eyes mm-hmm. which is what you would not do if you were watching the movie because the visuals are the only things of interest in the film and imagine that we live in a world called ancient Egypt it's not the ancient Egypt you're aware of which it's not your daddy's ancient it's, Egypt it's, not even it's
2: weird that if we live in the world called ancient Egypt we're calling it ancient <laughs> Egypt it seems like we should call it the present day no
1: they were very meta and very aware of their place in history yeah they were like, this isn't forever. Someday we'll all be old. We'll be ancient. Egypt. So uh, this is an ancient Egypt where all the crazy god nonsense that they believed in, which as we know now was totally crazy cuckoo. Um, as opposed to all
2: other religions. Uh, whoa, hot take. Whoa, whoa.
1: whoa. whoa rap, let's rap, rap, just rap. say, Dan, let's just say, Dan. That in the battle between all religions over which is the true one, I think it's fair to say that Egypt has stumbled and fallen in the marathon, <laughs> <laughs> and its bloody chafed body has been pulled off the track. Well, particularly as shown in gods and whatever gods of Egypt, uh, <laughs> gods in Egypt, gods and kings is about a still very viable religion oh, that's, that's right. still in the race.
4: That's Exodus gods. And I'm talking kings. about
1: Christian
2: Baalism. Uh... <laughs> No, but it is, it is a crazy version what of... What is it
1: called, uh, Exodus Gods in... Mm-hmm.
4: Not Egypt. Gods
2: of Egypt is a crazy... I cra- can't remember what that it <laughs> That called. would be ridiculous. <laughs> Dan? Gods of Egypt postulates a world where gods are just sort of
1: taller than the rest of us. Well, they kind of... So the, it takes place in this mythical Egypt where the world is flat, and Egypt is basically all of it. And the gods, the Egyptian gods, they posit, are very much like the Greek gods, which in essence are just bigger, more powerful people that are total... And golden blood. Now, the difference is that these Egyptian gods, they have the names of the famous Egyptian gods. You know, (laughs) Osiris and Horus and like... And Peggy. And... uh, (laughs) We were talking about that backstage. Anyway, and uh, they also have golden blood and they can transform into robot monsters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But not at will. They need... Uh, Some real
2: transmorphers. And
1: (laughs) every one of them has a magic glowing body part inside of them that, when removed lowers their power essence and their energy levels.
2: It's a, yeah. real, it's a real video
1: game of a movie. <laughs> yeah. It is a, there is not since Prince of Persia, a game, a video, movie based on a video game. Well, really not since, uh, since uh, Star Wars prequels. Have I seen a movie that was so much of a side-scrolling leveler? Yeah. It's just yeah. like, now he's got to okay, he's going to jump through that trap, now he rests on a platform for a minute.
2: Now he times it on the next trap. Oh, so, no, there's spikes. Oh, he's got to wait. Okay, the spikes are done. Run forward a little bit. Okay, save your game. Save your game. <laughs> Go to the
4: bathroom. Now hydrate. Now vibrate. No, hydrate. hydrate. Okay. But you can vibrate too. <laughs> You're doing really great things with video game controllers now, Dan. Sure.
1: <laughs> oh, you guys thought that was gross. Um, so it posits a world where everyone's Egyptian. They just don't look Egyptian at all, and or sounded. And Osiris, who has been king of creation. For a thousand years, and is the son of. Oh well, actually, there's a long bullshit opening narration.
4: Of course uh, there is. Uh, of and course it's, there is, and it's all CGI. It's all at this over point.
1: CGI symbols.
4: Like there's which, no like weird old guy who's like, gather round, younglings. Well, there is
1: in the narration. It's like it's like a long. I'm the only one left from a long time yeah. ago.
4: So maybe the story
1: isn't as I remember.
4: Let me dust off this scroll for me to read aloud to you. My my
1: mother always told me about Egyptian <laughs> gods. <guys. laughs> But uh, there's a voiceover that explains There's there's Ra and his two sons, Osiris and Set. One's good, one's bad. Hey, that's how it works. And they... Thank you. Somebody's saying it. <laughs> and uh, Osiris has been king of creation for a thousand years. Ra, as we find out later, lives in a space boat where every night, every night he shoots lasers out of his laser spear at a giant tooth smoke monster that's trying to eat all of creation. And because even though Ra... Created at all. He's, still, he's not in control of all of it. I guess it's like in the book of Job, uh-huh. where God talks about Behemoth, and I think it's Behemoth, right? And uh, Leviathan? Are, are, are you talking about Bahamut, the god
4: of good dragons in no, D&D?
1: No, no, not at all. You know what? Forget I went down that road. No. Let's just backtrack to the crossroads, and I'm going to <laughs> go down the path not least taken. It, that's going to make all the difference. You're an
2: Egyptologist. I've, written, this, I've read about it. I was going to this... say I've written about it. I have not.
1: I've read about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is this giant worm a thing? Is that a
1: thing? Would you, oh, the, the, the chaos worm that eats all creation? Yeah. i got to say I've never come across it, but maybe it is. I don't know. Look, they, they took a lot of license, as Wait, mentioned, with the about? robot transforming. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but Osiris is like, my son Horus, who's kind of a ne'er-do-well, he's not living up to his potential, but he's got magic eyes that let him see everything, and he's never taken by surprise. He's going to be the new king, and meanwhile, there's a robber, a, a Thief named Beck, who we're introduced to, basically just being Aladdin in the beginning of Aladdin. Yeah. Like he might as well just be singing a... the song "Gotta Steal to Eat, Gotta Eat to Live," <laughs> otherwise we get along. Like that's basically what he's doing.
4: Yeah, our our hero is introduced robbing a local small business owner. Yeah,
0: <laughs> at,
1: at what is looks that angry you as a small business. Yes, owner. it does. <laughs> and now imagine he has none of the charisma of DJ's boyfriend from Full House, <laughs> just like the cartoon Aladdin was gifted with. Uh, and imagine that almost everything you see in the entire movie is CGI to the point that it is almost like. Yeah, Anubis looks
2: like Dog Detective.
1: It like. <laughs> and there are so many scenes where, even scenes where someone's riding a chariot, it's like the worst digital rear projection you've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, every, all, the, all the dialogue is mixed at the same low level and delivered as if they're just sitting on a couch. So even when they're like running from big snakes or the a pyramids collapsing around them and they're making quips at each other, the quips are like. You gotta run faster, you try to run faster. Like it's everyone is too the visuals are so overblown Next time and fake. You drive the chariot. <laughs> yeah. And the performances are so calm. Like they just everyone in Egypt like the Nile has just been like doped with pharmaceuticals from the factory that's up the, that's up at the headwaters, which ironically are in the south, even though when you look at a map, you think it's gonna flow up northward. Just goes to shown up and down. They're constructs of our mind. Anyway, just like Buckminster Fuller said, it should be in and out, not up and down. Anyway, I digress. Ugh. We're about three minutes into the film. So, Beck is married. Thank you. Beck is married to a woman named Zay, who is... I thought it was Zaya. Oh, Zaya? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll remind you I saw this movie
2: hours ago. <laughs> All right.
1: Is married her, to, married to a Her main
2: f- character trait is that she has a plunging neckline.
1: Yes, it's a very cleavy movie. They should have called it "Gods of Cleavage." Yeah. There's still time. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> what?
0: Stop the process.
2: Go, <laughs> go to a go to your go to a closed blockbuster video. <laughs> yep. Slap a a sticker over the thing. Yeah. Somebody of go do that. Send us a picture.
1: We're not gonna give you anything for it, but.
2: Uh, a bug literally just <laughs> fell in my hair. So,
1: <laughs> Was it a scarab? <laughs> That's a genuine question. Oh, okay, long story short. Osiris is, is uh, handing his throne over to Horus. Horus doesn't deserve it. He's in love with the god of love. They have sex in a little pool, surrounded by his handmaidens, who are regular people, so they look tiny next to him. Yep. All the gods are about 18 feet tall, 15 yeah. feet yeah. tall. And... Uh, So, anyone, so the handmaidens I kept thinking were the little girls from Mothra who were tiny and fit someone's (laughs) hands. That's why you were singing the song. Because I was singing the Mothra song through much of those early scenes. It was a beautiful song. Uh, But right in the middle of the coronation, uh oh, uh, Set comes along, played by Gerard Butler, who decided I'm playing an Egyptian god of evil. I'm not even going to mask my Scottish accent. (laughs) And He comes in and he goes, I got this magic horn for you as a gift. Blow it for him. And Horace, like, does a little jazz trill on it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) He blows it as if he's Clarence Clemens. He he poses. He's got a little little pose. He's he's like,
1: like, Woo! Yeah. It's like, take my picture, album cover. Uh, That's the signal for set soldiers to come in and take over. Set kills Osiris and he beats the daylights out of Horus and pulls his eyeballs out. It's okay. His eyeballs are little glowing marbles. Uh
3: Which was a,
4: it was a bummer when uh Seth killed Osiris cuz Osiris here was played by uh Brian Brown, the star of FX, The Deadly Illusion. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Which yeah, was clearly sure. clearly a nod to all the FX I did in this not movie. realize that. Um, he was know. disguised cuz he had that little soul he patch thing. Yeah, a little thing. goatee,
2: yeah. <laughs> I should have known This, this was an Australian film, so you see a lot of Aussie actors in there. You see a lot of people who are in Mad Max like Fury who? Road. Oh, there are,
1: a, a couple of the women in it were brides from yeah. Mad but Max Fury Road. But I
3: think,
4: according to the IMDb trivia okay. section, because I did my research, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm known for. That's my brand. <laughs> uh, but like about Stuart two, the librarian, Wellington, <laughs> yeah, About like 200 personnel in total, like visual effects people, were all from Mad Max Fury Road. Which was just about as good as this, right? Yeah, it really
1: shows you some say that the director is not the guiding force of a film and that it's in, in the end wholly collaborative. I would say these two movies put up against each other would prove that very wrong. That there is a handful of creatives at the top of the pyramid pun, who really set really set the tone. That's not a pun. That's just me finishing a sentence. <laughs> I also like that I basically said, George Miller's a better filmmaker than Alex Proyas, and everyone was like, boo, boo, boo.
2: Dark
4: City's underrated. No, he's
2: terrible. There's a lot of knowing fans in the audience tonight. Uh, so, like Dark, City. yep. Dark City's a
1: fine movie that doesn't age that great. You know, great that's okay. So <laughs> it's,
2: it's a great B-plus
1: film. Look, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland as the weird, perverted scientist is amazing in it. That's... But anyway, oh, also appearing, Rufus Sewell in this film, as, hey. what's his, his name, who has Ursha, I, I think? He's like the high, he's, he's the, the head master architect builder. Because Set has now enslaved all the Egyptians. You either worship him or you're made a slave. But even the ones who worship him kind of become slaves. And they're building this huge uh, black obelisk that's 2,000 feet tall as a monument to Ra so that Set can finally get over his daddy issues. With his, with his bald dad, uh, Jeffrey Rush, in the sky. Uh-huh. Uh, although, Jeffrey Rush, you think he's bald for most of the movie, and then it's revealed about two-thirds of the way through that he has a long white ponytail on his bald head. And, and, it is, and instead
4: of, like, hair stubble, his head has little gold flakes? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's like God dandruff, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and our hero, Beck, is very unhappy about this turn of events, especially when he's separated from his wife, who is now working as the personal secretary slash assistant to the head architect, Yeah, her, her job
4: is making sure that his scrolls don't go flying off his desk.
1: <laughs> Which she fails at consistently. <laughs> uh, long story short, he convinces her, I'm going to go to the place where Horace's eye is kept. Get me the scroll that has the design so I know where the traps are. I'm going to get his eye, I'm going to give it to Horace, and then Horace is going to, like... I don't know, like, just save the day or give him something. I'm not sure what, because his wife still believes in Horace, still worships him, even though Horace has become a real baby and just sits blind in his own house, which is basically a tomb, just being sad all the time. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he's critique on blind people. I'm just saying, many blind people have accomplished a lot. Horace decides to accomplish nothing. (laughs) And
4: he's a god. Imagine if the last thing you saw was Gerard Butler plucking your eyes from your
1: head. (laughs) I would be traumatized. But you'd get over it, I guess. Eventually, yeah. We become butts. Sure. I'd forgive him.
2: Play soccer together. I mean, yeah. <laughs> be like, if he shows up.
1: Yeah, exactly. He goes and he says to Horace, I'm gonna get uh, oh no, he gets of the eyes back already. He goes yeah. through he yeah. goes through a video game level and gets the eye back. A lot of spikes a lot of CGI spikes and CGI statue swords and almost touch him. and scorpions. Everything's CGI. Uh, Stuart, what was the comparison, CGI Scorpion comparison? What is that,
4: uh, f- like, Five Million Miles to Graceland that opens with two Scorpions fighting? <laughs> Five Million Miles to Graceland. <laughs> I Grace don't remember
1: Land. the name
2: of that movie. <laughs> the
1: Ray Harryhausen Kurt Russell film, Five Million Miles to Graceland.
2: <laughs> Shows a uh, basic lack of geography
3: knowledge.
2: <laughs> the, the, the I didn't know this was a geography <laughs> podcast, guys.
1: Uh, I would be ill-suited for it. Beck goes back to his wife, but he's captured. Because they replaced the scroll he stole with just a blank scroll. And the master architect of Egypt somehow could tell the difference between a blank scroll and the one where he put all his trap secrets. So they're escaping in a chariot. And the master architect shoots an arrow at his wife and it hits her and she dies.
4: Oh yeah. no. They're Which back. he should be the master archer. That was an amazing
1: shot. Well, they're all they're like most of the same letters in the beginning of the two words. Yeah, I guess and yeah.
4: but I mean they weren't running that fast. Like it is one of those like super slow running through a not that large set
1: because they it's like a green room. It's I'm a guessing. green yeah, it's yeah. like they're in Robert Rodriguez's basement. There's not a lot of place <laughs> <Sure>. to go. <laughs> And so he goes to Horace and he says, I got your eye. I'm going to make you a deal. If you can bring my wife back, I'll give you your eye back. And then we'll do whatever. We'll save the day. And Horace is like, mm, you can't really bring me back from the dead, but I'm going to lie to you and say that I can. So already the rogue and the god are keeping secrets from each other. Horace's secret is he can't fulfill his end of the bargain. And Beck's secret is that, mm-hmm. I don't know, he's like that he, he lost the role of Van Wilder
3: when he auditioned for it. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Because it's like they were like let's get a guy who's like Ryan Reynolds but like when he smiles it just seems like someone taught him how to smile. (laughs) That's really mean. I shouldn't have said that. He might listen to this. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's right. Ryan Reynolds is a big fan.
1: No, no. I didn't didn't insult Ryan Reynolds. I insult the guy in the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is America's sweetheart. He's the mercantile. He's He's never made a a bad movie. He's never made a bad movie. Proven. Okay. They go, on a, they go on a magic quest. They stick his
4: dead wife in a drawer.
1: They stick her in a drawer so that she'll keep. They put her in Horace's crisper yep. to keep her fresh. And she's got to walk the afterlife because, and this is, I thought this was a perversion of Egyptian mythology, but it turns out they're just setting up a, a change later on. She's going to be in the afterlife where Anubis is keeping a close eye on her. Anubis, as you mentioned, looks like Dexter Detective. And in this version of Egypt, if you don't have gold to give to the afterlife judges, then you disappear. But if you give them gold, you dissolve in a better way. It's yeah. like yeah. when you see it happen both 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 the poor man and the rich man dissolve and it's like Yeah, the, 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 the rich guys is. like, "I'm going to live
4: forever." And <laughs> yeah. then he disappears, and then the poor woman just screams and then disappears. Yeah.
1: But uh, they weigh it against a feather, and if you don't, if it's lighter than a feather, then you don't get in. Anyway, that's not how Egyptian mytholo- mythology works. It made me mad. But at the end of the movie, they kind of explain it, so it's okay. I'll get there. They go on a series of quest adventures, of which I don't remember the order. So let's just tell yeah. you some of them. Uh, one of the, they fight uh, a bunch of bull men who work for Set on a waterfall. Uh-huh. All CGI. The water looks like some kind of viscous glue.
4: The, uh, well, the only real thing in the scene is uh, is Nikolai Koster, how do you say his name? I don't know. Call him. The guy from uh, Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is mainly him just like spinning around and like the camera's spinning around constantly. I forgot and that was him. They probably just put him on a wire and had him like
2: spinning around. I don't um, know. Yeah, I mean spinning was involved. Yeah, they put him I'm on a sure big that. lazy Susan.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a movie maker, but that yeah. sounds
1: like it works. Uh, at one point, uh, these two kind of like, mer- like warrior-esque concubines of sets yep. ride two giant snakes, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of sandworm types at them. And by working together, they're able to defeat them. And then also the God of Love shows up and helps them. And do you guys remember any of the other quests? They have to go... They go, they to, go
2: to the pyramid to
1: get to the Sphinx. Well, they, they go, go into they outer take, space. They, gotta, they go to outer here's space to go to Ra so that... He can get... Oh, they have to go to And they to talk a, to Jeffrey
4: Rush, who slaps his chest a couple times, each time growing slightly bigger and, and then catching fiery. on fire. Yeah.
1: He'll, oh, that's right. First they go to a mountain where he prays to Ra to ha- get the strength to turn back into a metal griffin man again. Uh, this is Horace, not Beck. Come on. Beck's immortal. Uh-huh. But and, he, uh,
4: so he just gets carried <laughs> up there like a like little baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there... It
1: is, there... The uh,
2: I'm realizing the how much this just ring. sounds like gibberish, as we say it. Here's
1: the thing. The, my first
2: exposure to this film
1: was the subway posters, which was some kind of cyborg metal jackal man fighting some kind of cyborg metal griffin man.
4: With gold splatters with all with over With gold the
1: splatters all over. And I was like, this is either going to be the best or worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and what we got was not the best. It was like someone, the, it, it, every scene in this movie, I was like, this could be a, like, this could be a really fun, good movie but they're not doing it right. Gremlin Battler just hands it up as a bad guy. Gremlin, he, it, like, he's not one of the worst parts. Like He does fine in it. Especially they, when, At least when he raises his like, voice when he's trying to emote. Everyone else he's is just, just modulating when pretty When he's low. like a
4: computer-generated armor guy with just
1: his head on top of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what it felt like great. at times was like if someone read Jack Kirby's Fourth World New Gods books, which are great, and, which nice. are, and they're amazing, and said, like, I want to make a movie like that, but I'm not going to put, like, any of my soul into it. <laughs> and, it's gonna, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a pretty boilerplate dialogue, and also the effects are not going to look that great. Like, we're going to use a lot of them, but they're not going to look that great. But there's more adventures to be had, because they also go they walk through a swamp to find the hiding place of the God of Wisdom, my favorite character in the movie, because he's super sassy. Yeah. And <laughs> they take him to go the answer the riddle of the Sphinx so that they can get to the heart of the desert. Why are you looking at me?
2: Uh, he's played by what's his face, and you know what <laughs> the guy who played Black I'm, Panther. You know the face who I'm. What's his name?
4: Chad Chadwick Boseman. Thank Chadwick you,
1: Boseman. He's yeah. the best character. Live in the Live show pays off. Finally, <laughs> the, uh, the here's the here's the thing they want to do. Apparently, Set's power comes from the desert because much like Willy Loman's brother who went into the jungle at 21 and came out a rich, a wealthy man, uh, set, set having forbidden, been forbidden by Ra to marry and have a child, wandered into the desert and came back with the power of the desert. And also... Uh, an army? I assume it haunts Osiris's dreams since Osiris is a failed salesman. Yeah. But, uh, and, and he came back with an army and big scarab beetles that pull his chariot and stuff. And so they, if we can go to the source of the Nile the source of the desert or the Nile, I don't remember, which is something called the desert fire or some nonsense something and like drop that. this mystic water that we took from Ra's sail barge mm-hmm. and drop it and it'll destroy the desert. It'll quench the thirst of the desert and that will kill Set's power. And so they have to get through the Sphinx to do that. And what I didn't realize is the Sphinx gives you as many tries as you need. Yeah. As long as like, I he don't keeps, know, try, he just been keeps been trying a... to crush them and Horus is fighting him while the God of Wisdom is just guessing stuff. And then finally... Uh, and then Beck, remember, you know, figures it out. Because Beck is, uh, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty clever for a mortal. Yeah, he's a sassy little mortal guy. Yeah. Uh, and, then
2: the, and then the Sphinx goes, oh, bother, and dissolves. But No, he, th- he literally goes, oh, bother, and yeah. dissolves. That's actually what happens.
1: Because everyone in Egypt is English, except for the ones that are Scottish oh. or
2: American. I mean, this is I, he's apparently Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Like,
1: Is my sweet yeah, Winnie the Sphinx or Sphinxy the Boo? Or... Yeah, I <laughs> got my head poo. caught in and the biggest honey pot. honey pot
0: in Egypt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no! There's a rumbling in my tumbling. Riddle me this. <laughs> He's also the Riddler.
0: I like. Yep. <laughs> He's the original Riddler.
2: I want to see like a Sphinxy Eeyore now too. It's like, oh, no one's come by to knock down my pyramid. Yet. Wow, you're you're really good at that, Dan. <laughs>
3: How'd you tap into Eeyore's
4: soul like that? Hollywood, yes. You Have I that, got the right voice actor that for you? Eeyore spinoff you've been looking
1: for? Hey, that gritty it's your nephew. Eeyore reboot. It's your nephew, Gary Milne. I got, I got that character you've been looking for.
2: Well, listen to this. No, listen, to this. Say it again, Dan.
1: Say it oh. again. I'm. I'm miming a phone and doing bother? it poorly.
2: Any improv person would tell me this is a bad phone because I'm sticking my pinky.
3: I love in my thumb the idea out. that, like,
2: say it again, like in a movie, that like he stopped playing the song. It's like, <laughs> oh, he was here just a second ago. <laughs> well,
1: can you play that same
2: song you were just playing? No, we just did it. It Was a live? chassette. said.
1: Uh, so they they they're about to dump that magic water in that fire, and then boom, spike trap. Of course, uh, the gods are caught. Beck's the only one around. He has. A good couple of minutes while Gerard Butler appears and taunts our other heroes. That's after he rips out Chadwick Boseman's brain. Yeah, he rips out Chadwick Boseman's brain because that's the God of Wisdom special part. And it's, of course, a glowing brain made out of glass that in a later scene... Well, I'll get to it after this. And one. I was saying, like,
2: oh, like, oh he's going to eat it to get his powers. And it's basically that. Well, I mean, he like, it's he not... gets into
1: his magic dragon form and they use a, like literally blowtorches and stuff. To pound the parts of the other gods that he stole from, he's been waging a war on the gods and stealing their special parts. Yeah, he's like, oh, What's wings. the what's
2: the great what's the best body part of all these people? Snatch yoink! Now yeah. put it in me. Now he's, put it in me.
1: Serpentor, basically. Yeah, it kind of is Serpentor. Yeah, except there wasn't so much like hammering stuff into him with sledgehammers with Serpentor. No, They're didn't just, they, like, cook him in a like Yeah, well, they used the oven? parts of all of history's worst people. uh uh-huh, but Get. also, and
4: they never got Sergeant Slaughter's courage. That's what I remember. That's true, yeah. That's yeah. why he's kind of a wimp and he always
1: runs away. <laughs> uh, so they uh, Beck has a lot of time to pour this magic water in, but he's so busy, captivated by the drama of Set and his nephew Horace arguing with each other, that Set manages to walk over and just pour the water out on the ground. Uh-oh, it's no good. And things go from bad to worse because the pyramids falling down all around them. Uh, there's yeah, nothing they can do. Yeah, why did that happen? Uh, because. Why did it? <laughs> but did did Seth make his own pyramid? was like, like
2: as dance as dance when we were watching it. Yeah, it was like there's two minutes where no one was running and jumping from something. <laughs> there was yeah nothing's falling, nothing's falling, like, falling down on anyone's head.
1: Uh, Seth goes up to Ra, and he's like, "How you like me now, Dad? How you like me now, huh?" Does this, you know, like, you never let me have a kid, and we never played catch, like, now? And Ra's like, mmm, I still don't like you that much. But it's kind of, (laughs) one of the things that uh, you had commented on earlier was that at least Ra was not like... Well, then they sell that out, though. But when they first talk to Ra about it, he goes, they're like, he killed your son. And Ra goes, Set is also my son, as is all of this creation. It's all my creation. And it, it was one of those things where it's like, that was a believable moment for me of Ra as a god who is like, I made all of this. If something bad happens, I made that too. And so said, don't come up and tell me that the wrong thing is happening because I made all of it happen. Then he's like, excuse
4: me while I shoot laser blasts <laughs> at this giant space <laughs> worm. Excuse
1: me while I use yeah, my laser spear to stop this mouth monster from eating the whole creation. Uh, because that's, it's like it wants to do, I've come, like I compared it to Jack Kirby stuff before. Jack Kirby basically would take sci-fi superheroes and he'd like craft a thing about... Like the journey that a soul takes through challenges and obstructions to stay true to itself. This was kind of like that without that. So it was just the it was just like, what if the Egyptian gods were all kind of superheroes and they all had like laser weapons and superpowers mm-hmm. and they turned into robots? So at this point, uh, Set kills his dad. Set kills his dad and takes his power, which is his Tosses spear. Tosses him
4: into the space ocean.
1: Except he's not really dead, he just needs his spear back, it turns out. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Horace and Beck, they're like, that's it, it's over. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, the goddess of love has given up her magic 42 diamond demon keeping away bracelet so that Beck can go
2: see his There's wife so in the afterlife many again. In this this movie. is a
1: subplot I'm not even going to get into very uh, much.
2: Well, no, like, yeah, no, it's important. Beck wants to go to the afterlife <laughs> to, to see go, his wife. Yeah, to try and, like, who is let lawn? her. Yeah, uh, she's about to be judged, and she has nothing to put on the scale. Yeah. So Beck's like, I'm a loser baby, so why don't you kill me?
1: <laughs> Boom.
2: I'm gonna go down. Boom.
1: Finally. Boom. Nice work. I'll bring my wife these two
2: turntables and this
1: microphone. Yeah. That <laughs> that must weigh more than a feather.
2: Uh, but yeah, th- we're we're into big apocalypse now. <laughs> yeah. But the not apocalypse tur- now, the which worm is, is a turned. great movie. <laughs> The worm has turned and has started to eat the world. Yeah,
1: and so while she's about to be judged, this chaos worm starts eating all of the afterlife, and Anubis is like, I gotta fight him, but I can't do it. Beck, go back to Horace and tell him he's gotta stop this shit. So Horace, Beck goes back, he and Horace go, and they challenge Set. They manage to uh, convince the master architect to take them through the Black Needle Pyramid to get to the top, where so Set is kind of using Ra's spear to guide the chaos worm he yeah, tells Ra because really then Ra's
2: like Set, Set is I don't... using Ra's spear to guide the chaos worm
1: that it's, should it, sound
2: good. normally
4: great.
1: that makes perfect sense yeah. it's,
2: it's like weird Egyptian fridge poetry <laughs> right. you mean
1: hieroglyphics okay <laughs> Yeah, take that ancient language <laughs> Just a bunch of freaking pictures. Anyway, so
2: yeah, uh, fuck you, eyeball bird.
1: <laughs> eyeball bird, me? No, 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 no. Eyeball bird, you. <laughs> Anonymous scribes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, l- let me tell you something. Hetsepshut. shut. I don't know if that's a real name. Uh, <laughs> let me wait. Tell, let me tell you something. Aknoten. Okay, that's mm-hmm. a good one.
4: So take your copesh
1: and uh, go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> listen, sesosphorus. <laughs> They have uh, hilarious names. But anyway, uh, <laughs> long story short, there's another big battle. Uh, Beck
2: falls off a building during it, and... Horace and, is like, I'm going to save Beck rather than save my eye. Because
1: his, his
4: eye... He can't morph into a robot if he doesn't
2: no, have both no, eyes. no, 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 contraire. As it happens, the thing that he needed all the time was to protect his people. He the needed, fifth so element?
1: It turns out his magic... Yeah. <laughs> He, the, Corbin his, Dallas multi <laughs> It turns out the magic eye he was looking for was like a Dumbo's feather type scenario and the power was in him as long as he was using it for good. In this case like to protect
4: Like scene where Dumbo turns into a
1: robot
4: griffin and...
1: <laughs> hey, he flies.
4: He,
2: he turns flies. into a robot that's like one of those like fucking like, uh, we're gonna uh... Yeah, where are you going with this?
3: Yeah. <laughs> one of those videos Logan that robots. were like
2: uh, let's show what uh, high definition television can do. You know what I'm talking about, like okay. the magic.
1: Sure. Oh, like the wait. I don't. Magic eye stuff. Not what? magic eye.
2: Like the well, like, like the, like the, like the mind's eye, like CGI the- stuff. stuff? That's what I'm I mean, that's about. pretty high def. All right. That's just showing what computer <laughs> graphics are capable. Let's of. all yeah. realize that this was a road <laughs> that I shouldn't have gone down.
3: No, and, and let's keep it. going yeah, down it. You know it what? There's
2: if this
1: is the road to uh, what. Um, to uh, Nothing But Wild Trouble, Sylvania, and we're just going to keep going. We're going to ignore all the signs and just keep heading until Dan Aykroyd throws yeah. us through, the, through Mr. Bone It stripper. was called
2: Falconvania.
1: Falconvania that's right. <laughs> Look, I have so much in my brain right now being used to remember Gods of Egypt. I can't remember <laughs> Nothing But Trouble. Uh, they, it turns out they win the day in the what? Hey, yeah, Get out of here. The chaos worm
4: doesn't devour the source of life? No, the Set Nile? Gets,
1: Set gets killed. Horace gives the, the staff back to Ra, which wakes Ra up from his death sleep, because dead Ra yeah, at his fine. house floating in space. That makes sense to me. You know, die, die, dead dreaming or whatever it is. And uh, he shoots his, he goes, you will not eat the world or something. And I like yeah. the most fun part of this. The was, world is
2: not enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> The most fun, there's two fun things in this movie. One is there's one scene where Gerard Butler puts on a scarab-shaped helmet and just imagining him showing up at the set and then being, this is what you're wearing in the scene. And Gerard Butler being like, I'm not wearing this fucking (laughs) shite. But then he had to do it. And the other is imagining Jeffrey Rush in front of a green screen wearing what's essentially a bathrobe and a ponytail. (laughs) Just Just going like, you shall not devour creation. Pew, pew,
2: pew, pew. And <laughs> like, I got it. they shot it all like at a spa that Jeffrey Rush was at? They just put up a green screen. Well, behind. I'm gonna be
1: at Canyon Ranch these dates, so come on by. <laughs> You'll add like fire and lasers and stuff, so it looks like I'm doing something, right? I don't care. I'm Jeffrey Rush. There so is a great, matter. there
4: is a great scene near the end when uh, when Rufus Sewell, who was playing a bad guy, big surprise, of course, is, is
1: fighting our. Not girl even gonna back. tell the story about when I saw him in a play playing good guy, who's great. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> it was Tom Stoppard's Rock hey, and Roll. I saw him roll. in a
2: play for once too. I saw him in Richard the Third and. Uh, uh, London. Oh. He was terrible. Really? Because he was yeah. really good in rock and It was roll. a bad production.
1: Okay, you can still be good in a bad production. Jared Harris when I saw him as Hamlet. Anyway, keep going. So he takes his
4: bathrobe <laughs> off and he's covered in a head-to-toe like, uh, gold toga or something and he's like, oh, I got my afterlife paid for. And then he's just about to get killed when uh, Beck's like, Oh, uh, the chaos worm's gonna eat creation. So, so you're not uh, going to the you're afterlife. not going to the afterlife. And,
1: and there's a great moment. Rufus
4: literally looks at the camera and is like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he goes, he goes, "Oh!" <laughs> like <"R-ro-ro!"> a <laughs> like that's and and, and falls he to his death,
2: plunges to his doom.
1: Uh, everyone falls off of buildings in this movie eventually, uh, and <laughs> don't we all, Elliot? Beck, all is, Beck is dead, eventually. and Horace takes him to his crisper to lay him next to his wife. Ra shows up and he goes, I've never been in debt to anybody, but I'm in debt to you. What would you like? And he goes, The one, and of course, there's the one thing I can never provide. And Ra brings Beck back, brings Zaya back. They're alive, hey! And now Horace takes his rightful place as king because he's the son of the other king. Why wouldn't he rule everybody? Surely what they didn't learn from this is that monarchy is a joke and that that he, the Egyptian dynasty, as even for the thousands of years it ran, is built on the false idea that a mortal man is a god. I just It makes me really mad when I think about how long they managed to pull that scam off. Like, you guys don't need to have a say in your lives. I'm totally a god. Anyway... I married my sister, I'm a god now,
2: whatevs. Anyway, so... I feel like you're just jealous.
1: I am not, one, the word to be envious. They're not stealing something from me. And two, I'm wow. not.
2: <laughs> that is a distinction that has not been made for God knows how long. Uh, Dan, we? you were saying?
4: I was just going to say, so, but Horace... Oh, we're not done with fir- the ending, though. Yeah. Horace, in his first act as king... Makes a pretty big change to the way things work. He
1: says, "Well, he, the one—it's—he's th- so, like, hey, I'm gonna be about helping people. So uh, from now on, the afterlife's not based on bringing treasure. It's based on the good deeds you do, because the important thing is to be compassionate to each other. And it's like—which is bullshit, dude. What about all the gold I saved?" <laughs> What am I going to do with all this damn gold? There's all these rich people you imagine going, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, oh. I was really hoping
4: they were going to cut to Rufus Sewell like, right in line for the scales. <laughs> and and like, be like, put my gold
1: oh. Sorry, rules changed. <laughs> and that's what made the whole movie. I'm like, that's not how it works. You weigh your heart against a feather. And if it's heavy with sin and weighs more than the feather, then you disappear. But they fixed it at the end. Uh, that's to show he's a good king. And uh, so Beck movie, is like, yes. Horace is like, I'm going to go off on some kind of quest or some nonsense. So Beck, I'm going to leave you in charge or something. He's like, he's the Tyrion to, to Daenerys. You know, and they're, they're like, just hanging out in Egypt.
4: You pronounce those names weird.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. How is, how is it pronounced?
4: Uh, Tyrion to Daenerys. It's totally That's what That's exactly said. what he said. You
1: said it weirder, though. <laughs> I cannot hear the difference.
2: I'm standing. I'm sitting right between the two of you. <laughs> it's like a stereo in my. <laughs> yeah, our voices are identical. <laughs> no, uh, you know that's it.
4: That's the. That's the.
1: Moment. Is there any? And is there no? And and uh, Horace is like. I got, Cut to credits. Nothing I, but bloops. I got a quest. <laughs> I got a quest uh, so to do when he flies off. He does his Spider-Man swinging around at the end of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and flies around the CGI Egypt and we're done.
2: I, Cue the bloops. I like the idea that they were like really like like one of the bloops was, "Oh, like instead of turning into like a, a birdman, man, I turned into a bear." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. How did this happen?
1: Guys, oh, what a I bloop. I forgot what animal I was supposed to turn into? Lion, eagle man. All oh, right, of course. So, it's a movie that it had it was packed full of stuff. Like, it was packed full of crazy stuff. And probably 87% of what was on screen never existed. It was all computer animated things. That's probably right, yeah. And uh, so, looking at, let's do what we always do every episode and come up with one thing we liked about the movie. That's uh-huh. not, we, not a thing. Every episode. It's never been a thing. And I'm going to say, a <laughs> yeah. really recurring bit. I really liked Black Panther's performance as the God of Wisdom. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah.
4: He brings, like, an arch almost like Wentworth Miller performance well,
2: to it. Yeah, as long as we're doing performances. I really like Rufus Sewell's performance. He was kind of camp in
4: it. Yeah,
3: he's very camp. And I camp. It. Yeah.
2: Uh, And I
4: liked it when they morphed into robots and fought each other. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they showed these uh, human giants morph into robot flying guys, they almost expected the audience to be like, whoa. <laughs> Which, like, after you've seen that a million times and the rest of the movie is all fake, nothing is going to make you
1: say whoa anymore. No. And I will admit I liked some parts of the scene where they're being chased by the giant the giant snake worms. Yeah, I mean that was
4: okay. I like giant snake worms. Sure. Who doesn't? Dan, did you like the giant snake worms?
2: Sure. But aside from those <laughs> things, you know me. <laughs> I got those posters of giant snake worms on my bedroom wall. <laughs> Just stare up at them every night. You're a weird kid. It's creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> We should,
1: especially that one poster where the snake worm has noticeable nipples. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> how's she gonna How's she gonna feed her babies? And a real blowout.
2: Uh, <laughs> we should uh, too much
1: audience support for the idea of that poster.
2: <laughs> we should move on to the next segment. We should. Uh, anyway, should we should do final Judgments? Do final Judgments. The thing we really do. This a good bad movie.
4: Gods of Egypt.
2: We are the law. Or a mm-hmm. movie we kind of liked. Gods of Egypt's disease with a cure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tostitos for everybody. Yeah. Hey, look. Uh, St- Sly Stallone's pretty nervous. I don't know if he's going to be around all these people, but if he stopped by, I don't know what to tell you. So, Dan, what's your f- was this a, a bad huge movie? Was it a good war movie? Or was it a was it a sleepy sensation? <laughs>
2: I did not fall asleep during this movie, which puts it above two movies that we watched.
1: Uh you know, we also watched it at 1 p.m. as opposed to 8 p.m. If you had fallen asleep, it would have been a real, I would have worried about you physically.
2: For about half an hour, I was like, this is a good, bad movie, but it's a bad, bad movie. It, it bored me. I'm sorry. I apologize to Alex Proyas, to Gerard Butler... Through the whole I mean, I don't think.
4: I think Gerard Butler's still going to punch us if, if
2: he sees us. <laughs> Nikolai coster <laughs> woljo uh,
1: You know what? I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah. It was it was too long, but I'm going to say it was a good bad movie because Whoa. despite being too long, and by the end of it, I was tired of it. One, if it's a good bad movie, just turn it off when you're done watching it. You don't need to watch the whole thing. And two. Every couple of minutes there was some kind of crazy CGI monster throwing a building at somebody or getting or getting their leg cut off and gold blood spewing everywhere.
4: I'm going to back up Elliot on this one. Ooh. Whoa, whoa. You know, it's what that it's means worth fan. it for the shots of people riding in chariots with the super fakey backgrounds <laughs> yeah, alone.
1: Those were, like, any scene where it's a close-up of somebody and a background flying past them really fast is hilarious. No, like, I mean, it's,
2: the effects was, are funny. It looked like a scene in a Quentin Tarantino movie where he's doing that deliberately yeah. fakey to, like, make you laugh. Not
1: since uh, Pompeii has I, have I seen
2: effects so goofy hilarious. Mm-hmm. All right. So you okay, have it here, I'm wrong. Stuff done around here, <laughs> but
1: the people have spoken because we live in a democracy, not a bullshit monarchy like ancient Egypt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, it's Dan breaking in here with a little flop house housework. Please don't hit that skip button because we've got some exciting news. We are going on our first um, tour. Well. Let's not call it a tour because it's just one place, but our first live show outside of the New York uh, City area, we will be in Washington, D.C. on August the 5th, that's a Friday, doing a show at Black Cat. Uh, The show is at 9 p.m. Tickets are $20, um, a little more expensive than when we do shows in New York, but we got to cover our travel expenses, Uh, and we hope to see you all there if you live in the D.C. metro area, please uh, come by and see us, and if you can get there, come by and see us. This is sort of a proof of concept for doing more touring, so we have to try and bump up the crowds as much as we possibly can to prove that we are a draw, and then maybe we'll uh, go uh, other places like the West Coast, perhaps, perhaps even Canada, who knows? We're uh, looking into a lot of options right now. So please, uh, tickets are available at, at a link that I will put up on the website uh, for this show. Uh, if I forget to put it up for this show, it's still there on the website. If you click on the blog area, there's an announcement for the show. Or if you go to maximumfund.org, it is listed among the live shows. So we hope to see you again on August 5th at 9 p.m., at Black Cat in Washington, D.C. But uh, we also have a message up on the dr- Jumbotron this week. It's to Peter from Surge who says, Hello, Peaches. I've grown old and have not done enough good in my life. My one surely good act was to introduce my son, Peter, graduating from the University of Vermont this week, to the Flop House. He has since listened to every episode and participates actively on the F- Flophouse Facebook page. Is this enough? Surge. I would say that that's plenty, Serge. There is no greater gift a man can give to his child than the gift of the Flop House. Uh, thank you for writing in uh, for your son Peter and in support of the Flop House. Uh, lastly, this week the Flop House is spent, sponsored by Mac Weldon. Uh, Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Their clothes are designed to be the most comfortable you will ever wear. Underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants. All of their products are naturally antimicrobial, which means that they eliminate odor. And uh, they would like you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep that pair, and they will still refund you, no questions asked. Um, so if you want to try out Mac Weldon's underwear and more, You can go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code FLOP. I am literally wearing some right now, and they are delightful. So now we take you back to the cake shop in New York City. Uh, Thanks again to the PodFest for having us, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, So normally now is when we would do letters, but as is our tradition, when we have a live show, we're going to take questions from the audience.
0: Questions so, from the audience. We have this
2: microphone set up over here. It's currently pointing away from the audience, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. But So you'll have to walk around. Uh, hey, guys. Line, I know you low.
1: might be scared to get up and talk, to ask us a question. Don't be scared, because we won't bite. Tonight is the night we won't bite. If you ask us a question, normally we would tear out a chunk of flesh with our teeth. If you bothered, if you had the temerity to ask us a question, we are your gods, like the gods of Egypt, Biting each other, sister and brother, fighting each other for the crown of Egypt. But tonight, we won't. We just don't. Tonight. 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 Uh, Stuart. Did you have a verse in you? Uh, tonight <laughs> That's it, okay give me some letters. That was the briefest smashing pumpkins cover I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's do some some verbal some vocal letters. We call them questions.
2: Dan, is there a uh, is there any sort of uh any sort of protocol for this? Oh yeah uh so we all have been at and uh, Q A s where you're like. What the fuck was that? Why did that person answer that? Que- why did that person ask that question?
1: Or sometimes it's like not a question. Someone's like, "I have a question," and then it's just a story about something.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the protocol is: if you would be in your seat saying, "Like, why the fuck is that guy doing that?" That is a terrible question. Maybe don't ask it. If
1: somebody else was asking the thing you were asking and you would find it boring, then don't ask that question. Also. A lot of times, people want to come up with these things and tell the speakers how much they like them. Don't worry about it. We know you like us. You're here. That's really
3: nice. <laughs>
1: we appreciate it. That's really nice. That's a lot of pressure. And and you and they do the introduction with the first name and the last name withheld, right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Here, speak closer to the microphone. You're waiting. Get uh, up in there. Yeah. Put it up. In your, put it up in your grill, but uh, <laughs> no. I you will know. accept that word. <laughs> 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 That's not a bad word around here.
0: What I am most interested in is what was the scariest scene you three have seen? Uh so, today? So, yeah, no
3: <laughs>
1: in in the movies we watch for this podcast or just in general?
0: In general. Oh, okay. What is the scariest thing that you three have
1: seen? In also, a movie.
0: Dan, you killed it on the podcast.
3: All right. uh, thank
0: you
2: he lost faith in his question halfway through Uh, but scariest scene we've ever seen in anything uh, I don't know whether this is actually the scariest scene but it's the first thing that (laughs) came to my mind it's a little movie called The Parent Trap
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's like what if someone cuts the back of my dress away
2: (laughs) they're trying to get those two parents back together they're just gonna go apart again (laughs) You know they're going to be disappointed. Uh, so, The Thing, the remake of The Thing. I thought the, you said
1: The Thing for a minute. The uh, Thing.
2: <laughs> you know, that thing. Like a sexy, sassy thing, version of The Thing. That thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, The Lauren Thing. <laughs> Someone correctly, I- in the audience, correctly identified the reference <laughs> as saying. Lauren Hill. <laughs> <Do> you <laughs> yeah. You Thank win goodness. the no prize. <laughs> so the whole okay. movie, or
1: is there a specific scene in the
2: thing? No, you're the, about the uh, carpenter version. The, blo- uh, the It's the, not the blood monsters. Test scene. The, it's the scene where they're uh, they to the, the, put the, the defibrillator. The uh, defibrillator on the yeah. That's a scary and scene. The chest opens up and chomps down with big chest teeth. on the guy. <laughs> And you're like, chests don't normally do that. Ninety <laughs> yeah. percent of the time, I've never seen chests do that. <laughs>
4: Uh, I'm gonna say, for me, for me, growing up, the scariest thing was still those uh, the twin girls in The Shining. Uh, Super scary! Yeah. Ah, won't ride my big wheel around there. <laughs>
1: I mean, <laughs> no sir, You've been wanting to, but no, you won't. thank you, <laughs> Mom, Dad. I got one hotel we shouldn't stay at. <laughs> I think as a kid, it was probably Large Marge and He Was Big Adventure. <laughs> Or there's one ghost in Ghostbusters who's driving a taxi cab at the end, and that ghost is too scary. And he's like, now I, I look at him ghost. and he's like the crib keeper, which is means he's adorable. But at the time, was too, at the time I was scared by the crib keeper. So.
4: yeah, now every time you get in a cab, you're like, please be the ghost from Ghostbusters.
1: <laughs> but uh, that would be amazing. But uh, I don't know. It's a good as an adult. I don't know. I think I. Uh, I think as an adult, it would be difficult because now as a dad, anytime a kid is in peril, it's scary to me, but in a way that is not like fun. There's a scene in Under the Skin where (laughs) a child is left on a beach and you know no one's coming for it. and It's a small kid. And you also know that like they needed this kid to cry for the movie, and it's just like it's not a it's a good movie, but it's like that scene was a little too much for the me. The kid's
4: gonna become a Mowgli or something, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, sure. Cool. <laughs> oh,
1: good. I, yeah, the, the, an octopus is gonna take him underwater and teach him how to breathe underwater. And <laughs> it gonna happen? Someday you'll have to go to the land fish again. <laughs> 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 the man under the sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it's called Jungle Book two, the Ocean Book. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe uh. That Nothing has ever been as scary to me, I think, as when I was a kid seeing a cardboard cutout in the video store of Chucky and being like, <laughs> what is that? I don't like it. <laughs> and of course now, Chucky's adorable. <laughs> that's Okay. So that answers that one, yeah. Yay, next question. Next question, let's keep it moving, hey. Hi, I'm Corinne,
0: last name withheld. Hi, Corinne. Hi, Hi guys. Let's hear it for Corinne.
1: Thanks for your question. Talk to you later.
0: Uh, my question is, so you guys have announced your first road show. I assume this means you're going to get a sweet airbrushed van. What's going to be airbrushed on the side?
1: I think you, I think Stuart tweeted, a, somebody tweeted a picture at us. Of, of the a, tall man from
4: Phantasm? There was a Phantasm But Phantasm. instead of flying balls, it's our heads. Yeah. And I we're like smiling it. because it's a really enjoyable thing.
1: <laughs> or maybe it's like uh, the Star Wars, the like, Boris Vallejo type Star Wars poster, and you, Stuart is Luke, and Dan is Leia. And I'm like, I don't know, what, an X Wing or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't right. know. Yeah, that was good enough. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Let's get another cue up here
2: so we can A it. I love this guy's uh, dollar sign. Oh, Boy, yeah, they uh, threw ge- it out to the crowd
1: <laughs> to uh, in- increase hype. That was, yeah, that was given out earlier before I was <laughs> He didn't um, walk here from the subway, Randall. Right <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'll take it back. Although man. he will walk back to the subway with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Matt. Uh, last name withheld. Hi, and I'm Matt. Um, I share a lot in common with each of you, and uh, I love musicals. I love actually good movies. I love D and D modules. Yay! Oh, so that's I me. wanted to ask: of all the movies you've covered during your time in the Flophouse, what would you like to turn into a musical? What do you think is a salvageable, actually good movie? And what would you like to rewrite as a Dungeons and Dragons module? Oh, oh. Good question. Three questions. That's a good question. A good question.
1: Solid question. Good question. Good question. Good question. Good question. Good question. I think so I got two so I got two choices. One, strangely enough, is Gods of Egypt, because that would make a bonkers musical. Julie Taymor up that stuff. But the other would be, and this might, don't, don't just take it as the fact that these are the most recent ones we've seen, maybe I don't remember the others, that We Are Your Friends could make a real Rent-style musical, which I wouldn't like, but a lot of teen girls would buy that soundtrack and I'd make a lot of money. So, And then in 20 years, they'd all be like, I'm embarrassed I liked that so much. And I would have been right all along. So you guys...
2: Jesus. I, this question presupposes that we don't forget every movie that we watch <laughs> nearly immediately. I mean, I think it's pretty clear trying to talk about Gods of Egypt that between 1 and 11 tonight, uh, half of it at least went out of our brains. Yeah. But,
4: I mean, you took a huge nap, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like your body just getting rid of the day's garbage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what else would you call Gods of Egypt than that?
2: Uh so I'm just going to go with a movie recently that I kind of liked. If if Burnt didn't if it didn't make the main character such an asshole and it had him actually encounter a few real uh, obstacles on his way.
1: His head almost gets sous vide
2: sous
1: I was corrected by a friend of mine in the pronunciation of that and I don't remember what the what the real pronunciation is. is sous
2: vide. It sounds like a like a culinary superhero, sous vide. I like it. Uh, and since that's the closest thing to a joke I'm gonna find here, <laughs> I'm just gonna move along. Okay, for a D and D module, uh, I would say
4: my best bet is with Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventures. <laughs>
1: I, I cannot, like, what spells would you have to cast on that big floating sombrero to get it yeah. to move? Oh, I man. wanted a CR on that thing. would be so high. I don't know how you could defeat it.
2: So what sort of character uh, character classes would, be like, Toofy be versus... Uh, well, Toofy's
1: got to be a rogue, right? <laughs> I don't remember what they did. Toofy's the one whose pants fall down all the time. <laughs> then there's Science Boy, and then there's the girl. okay and there's oh, a Bobby, Bobby Wobbly, Wobbly oh man he's got some kind
2: of a terror attack there's, he's like <laughs> wait Bobby is like chaotic evil right <laughs> yeah. oh, certainly
1: Bobby Wobbly is the monster you throw in just to be a dick to your friends because there's no way they can beat it
4: <laughs> that's the one where I'm like I can't wait to read the description in the book about how scary he is um. okay turn the lights down and then put on I don't know uh, this filter album <laughs> because
1: it's really scary and
4: badass <laughs>
1: I think that answers the question, I guess. Sure. Good question. Good question. A lot of Hello. pressure.
4: Hi. Uh it's Liz Etsy Store Withheld because I've been on the podcast a couple of times. Uh my Hi po- Liz.
1: Hi Stu. Hi hey, Liz.
4: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, so my question is, what is your favorite stupid monster from anything, basically? And I have two
1: examples. <laughs> all right.
4: <laughs> one being the compact disc Cenobite from Hel- Hellraiser 3. <laughs> Took my answer. Oh. Gonna have to come and, up with another all right, one. all right. And the other one being uh, in Silent Hill 4, The Room, there is a hospital patient monster that burps when you hit it. <laughs> and, oh, no, oh, we're not at the best part yet if you happen to hit it down a flight of stairs, it will burp on every step it hits. And <laughs> it's a thing in an otherwise very frightening game that made me laugh so hard, I felt like I was having a stroke. <laughs> so, stupid monsters. Stupid
2: monsters. Uh, because stupid monsters. Eric Marzak is in the audience tonight.
3: Woo! Uh, <laughs> a- Superstar Eric Marzizak, Marzizak.
1: Let's, let's take a moment out for this question to a- answer, who is Eric Marcizak. Eric Marcizak is... Among other things, the guy who introduced Dan and me. Yeah. And so... That's true. And was the, was the comedy mastermind behind the late lamented Juvie Hall Theater, where we spent a lot of time performing.
2: Put up uh, a show called Sarah Schaefer's Obsessed With You. You may know Sarah Schaefer from television. Yeah. So he's a real comedy impresario. yeah. But uh, he introduced me to a film called, and Elliot, I believe, to a film called Hard Rock Zombies. Oh, oh yeah. That's We've good. talked about, it on, on the podcast before, there's a Nazi zombie, like, like gnome creature. He's like, like a puppet. He's a little puppet who through the movie for inexplicable reasons is slowly eating himself. He's eating his own... He's eating... And he's
1: like... He, he has like a jar like of sugar, sugar or, <laughs> and he puts it on, on him himself. and he's eating and then by the end of it he's got no skin left and the mask that's on the puppet just gets sucked into
2: the mouth. <laughs> I don't know what... You, you? I don't know what was supposed to be scary about that or <laughs> why... <laughs> Why he was doing that, or what? What's threatening about someone who basically disposes of themselves as a threat? I don't know. I didn't make it. You're the maker of hard rock zombies, right? (laughs) I didn't make it,
1: but I wish I had.
4: So So we've vamped for long enough. Yeah,
1: (laughs) let's answer this question, Elliot. I'm having trouble thinking because all monsters are amazing. So... I'm going to say difficult. Chet
4: from uh, Weird Science. That's the brother that <laughs> gets turned he's into he's a like, monster?
1: Hold on I mean, a second. He looks... I mean, he's a terrible brother. That's
4: true.
1: <laughs> he gets turned into kind of a... Thing like a pile end. of
4: poop with arms. Yeah. If that's not the definition of a monster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not at all. <laughs> but okay, I'll take it. Stupid monster. I think I'm going to take... Uh... It's not... Uh... Mm, uh, good good podcasting, you know what? okay? You know what? Can't think of a stupid monster, but I'll tell you a stupid monster trope that I don't like. I'll give you an example of it, which is when a monster is mistaken for a person in a costume. Yep. I'll give you an example, which is the movie The Giver, in which a guy with transforms... Mark Hamill, with yeah. Mark Hamill, yeah. With Mark Hamill, which a guy transforms into a monster and accidentally runs onto a movie set, and they think that he's the guy in a costume for the movie. And it's like come on, That's, uh, that, like, that exists in a universe where Halloween costumes and costumes in general are way better than they are in the real world, and I cannot buy that. Because usually, even if someone's wearing a costume, they still have to wear shoes. And monsters, unless it's Dracula or the Wolfman halfway through. <laughs> or I guess Frankenstein's monster, they don't wear shoes. I'm sorry. I mean, Frankenstein's, kind of
4: no, Frankenstein's monster is kind of known for oh, yeah, shoes.
1: Yeah, shut Woof. your mouth, Frankenstein. Yeah, he's kind of what?
4: He's known for his shoes. Like, his, he is a footwear Yeah, he's
1: known for his line of shoes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does look like he's wearing, like, uh, Doc Martens around all the time. Well, it's ironic, because what he's actually responsible for is
1: Steve Madden shoes. <laughs> and that's why in all his ads, you see horrible kind of inhuman
2: creations. <laughs> he's wearing shape-ups, which is why his, <laughs> that's why his butt is so tight.
1: Is, even though he was given the butt of someone who never worked out, it looks amazing now. <laughs> Those no, shoes don't work. Anyway, that's... that's so the I, answer to that. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't think of one. And I know on the way home, I'll be thinking of a couple. So anyway, I'll let you know later. Next question.
0: Uh, hey, guys. Jeremy, last name withheld. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy Sesto. Uh, so tonight I watched The Vavitch. Um, and oh. to, to hold off the, the, uh, the anger of the crowd, I thought there were lots of really good
1: things in the film. However, I was disappointed because I expected a horror film, and it felt like more of a period drama. This is what I like to think of as a kangaroo jack
3: effect—a okay. uh, a movie that a is mismarketed.
1: <laughs> I mean, a it's genre. a period drama in that it's no longer a point when Jerry O'Connell can open a film. Well, <laughs> like that's that's a time in history we can remember. Although to be fair, the kangaroo oh, opened that movie.
4: It's probably because of that scene where Black Phillip does that rap. <laughs> Would you like to live deliciously, maliciously? Yeah. So, so so
0: my question to you is, what is your favorite examples of a film that you think would be good, but was unfortunately mismarketed for the genre that it was intended?
4: John Carter. John Carter. John Carter was mismarketed. It was a really good movie, and they made it look bad.
2: <laughs> That's a very simple answer. Yeah, I snuck in there. You didn't really give us a lot of time to nope. think you want to talk more about I'm gonna, I'm it? I'll say, the uh, up. Harder.
1: What's that grown-up movie or adults? What's it called? Halfway grown-up, that Shirley Stern movie?
2: Oh, young adult. Young adult. Oh. Yeah, monster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I went to see a movie about a terrible, terrible mother-in-law, and it wasn't until halfway through the film that I realized either this has been marketed wrong for me or I bought a ticket to the wrong movie. <laughs> Where's Jane Fonda? But, yeah, I think young adult, if I had known halfway through that it was not really a comedy, I probably still wouldn't have liked it, but I would have understood it. Damn it, maybe I would have respected it.
2: I got nothing. Okay. I'm sorry. You want to do what I did with the the silly monster thing and
1: just do a sideways
2: answer that's not quite what they're asking for? (laughs) Instead, I'll sing a song (laughs) to dream the impossible dream. To do a thing that I don't know. To be there when I should be over here. That's it. Yeah.
1: That's called that's the hit the hit the hit number one song from Man of Dementia. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, another question, please.
4: Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, My name is Elizabeth. And I have a question for you. With the exception of our Lord and Savior, Savior Nicholas Cage, sure. if you could have May anyone blessed, living on the podcast, who would you select, and what movie would you watch with them?
1: I mean, I'm mad about Mads. That goes, for <laughs> us, you know, that goes without saying. And I'm going to mispronounce his name as Mads through the whole episode. What movie? I don't, I don't know what I'd watch with him. I mean, I love The Rising, Rising. Somebody would just watch it with him and be like, that's awesome when you're beating that guy up. <laughs> Hey, what was that scene like when you beat
2: that other guy up? Um, I feel like this is a weird one since he's now your boss, but I feel like having Joel on would be great. Oh, yeah.
3: He would be great.
2: He would be really good. Um, this is a little sexual for Joel, but I always... But I want Joel inside movie me. be called All Anal Nurses. Yeah. Like now in I, inner space? No, uh I <laughs> Like but, in
4: inner space, right? Yeah, you want to shrink him
2: down. Yeah. Uh, so, see and then him, so he can with him. So he can find out that you're pregnant. No, one of my favorite bad movies is Hard Ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> I Woo-hoo! Joel always uh, tried to stick stay away from uh like two... Too much. Well, because that's because
1: that's MST3K is a family show. Yeah, this is not a family podcast. But uh, I mean, he is a grown man with two children. He knows he knows how it's done. You know? That's one of my. <laughs> that's one of my favorite. So you don't need bad to worry movies. that he's going to be horrified. You
3: know.
2: If you want to see a giant poisonous snake pop out of a toilet and then someone shoot it with a rocket launcher, <laughs> watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii.
4: Uh, <clears throat> if I could watch a movie with anyone. I'd probably watch a movie with Jeffrey Combs. Oh. And that movie would be a little movie I like to call Castle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you already watched it with The Freak.
4: I already watched it with The Freak. Now so, I want another perspective. You gotta go.
1: <laughs> I want to
4: get, it's two sides of the same coin, Ellie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Step right
2: up. Uh, hey dudes, what's up? Um,
1: my What's up, dude? That's
3: <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> pretty cool. Um, my name's yeah.
2: Louie. So let's say, like, Gerard Butler's next movie is tailor-made for the Flophouse. What would it be? <laughs>
4: oh,
1: I, mean, man. We, I mean, like, we, we kind of watched it today, but that's, <laughs> what do you guys say?
4: Oh, man. So we watch a lot of big, crazy, like. Action adventure movies that just do really poorly, but we've already seen him in so many of those. Also
1: seen, but we saw him in Bad Dad Soccer Dad too. Yeah, Yeah. we did
4: see him in Bad Dad. We saw
2: him in The Ugly uh, Truth. The Ugly Truth. Yeah. yeah. So, So what would we not? He's he's
4: like a triple threat, quadruple threat. I mean, if we, you know, I
2: I want to see him in an animated film as a voice. (laughs) Okay, so you'd hear him, you wouldn't see him. (laughs)
1: I'm, no, he's I, playing, I really I mean I don't want to strunk and white you, but I'm a little worried about your incorrect <laughs>
2: usage throughout the podcast. No, he's playing himself. Oh, so it's a cartoon about <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> it's a cartoon about Gerard Butler trying to make uh Bad Dad Soccer dad. Okay. It's like the player, but it's animated. And it's got <laughs> it's got Dex Talk as the As the sidekick. And the romantic interest, I assume? The romantic interest is Betty Boop.
1: Okay. I would like to see him in a historical drama in which he plays a famous inventor from either the 18th or 19th centuries. Because I want to see him... Or no, here's what I want. I want him to play Archimedes. Because I want to see how he'd handle the scene where he discovers displacement of water and jumps out of the bath and runs through... The town naked, you see out in Eureka. But I also want to see the scene at the end where the Romans, the, not Roman, where that soldier's from that killed him, goes up and tries to kill him, but he changes history and kills that soldier dead. Because yeah. he's, he's not Archimedes, he's Gerard Butler. <laughs> or as I'm going to call him, Gerard Archimedes.
4: I feel like we haven't seen him in a musical yet. That's true.
1: He was in the Phantom then. of the
4: Opera.
2: Oh, but yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> so technically, Stewart's correct. <laughs> um, so uh, we, should, we should stop with the people who are currently in line. Not that I oh, feel... Oh whoa, no, whoa,
3: whoa. Whoa.
1: Are you okay? Someone fell down in the back. Right? They seem to
2: be all right. Okay.
1: Uh, it's getting rowdy, so let's... Yeah, if you're not online right now, you're not asking a question because this place is about to E-X-P-L-O-D-E like Neo-Tokyo. Uh, so, boom. Yeah. That's so, a reference to a poster.
0: <laughs> anyway next question uh, hi Seth last name withheld hi Seth, hey, Seth. Uh, I like I really appreciate the disclaimer at your live shows for Q&A's because uh, Hell on Earth is a Comic Con Q&A uh, mm-hmm. I've what? been there it's terrible just trying to go We're to a Woody great. Allen
1: Q&A a lot of old people have a lot of stories about when they saw each individual Woody Allen movie <laughs> <laughs> and they're dying soon so they don't care how much of your time they take up. <laughs>
0: that sort of answers my question, which was, uh, what's the worst Q&A session that you experienced? Uh, and, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Oh, well, that was it for me, yeah.
3: Woody
1: Allen went, was at the 92nd Street Y, and they said ahead of time, he's going to be talking about, He selected a number of movies to be asked about that mean something to him, and he's going to discuss those, he's not going to talk about his own movies. And every question, the moderator had to be like, no, we've already said he's not going to talk about his movies. Do you have any questions about... The, we want to create a discussion on these movies. Every question. Everyone had a story about how much they love Woody Allen movies and how much they meant to them. And they were each waiting for that moment where Woody Allen is like, you know what? No one has ever connected with my films <laughs> the way that you have. Meet me backstage, because we're best friends now. And I want to spend every day with you. And anoint you as my heir.
2: I don't know if I can think of a specific one, but I do think that if you go to a movie uh, Q and A, most of the time the guy who's running the Q and A is just the programmer for that particular movie theater, yeah. And the skill set that is let's program a movie theater is different from the skill set of let's talk in front of people, and so <laughs> let's, let's
4: potentially keep this weird creative guy on track,
2: yeah. And I'll- but also like it's very much like. I am so in awe of you, and let me talk for, you know, like 12 minutes, giving my interpretation of the film that we just watched, and then you are going to say yes or no, because I have asked a non-open-ended question at the end of that.
4: Uh, I would say the worst Q&A I went to was also the best, which was a Q&A that Elliot went to with me. Uh, Is that Only God Forgives? Yep, yeah, which was for the... Let's say mixed uh, re- mixed received movie, Only God Forgives, directed by Nicholas Wendig-Reffin. Yeah. Um, and the panel was all uh, like either Thai actors or Nicholas Wendig-Reffin, who was a super weirdo. Or uh,
1: or uh, the star of the movie. Why can't I remember? Ryan, Gosselin, Ryan Gosling.
4: Ryan Gosling, yeah. The uh, there was plenty of film students asking their questions that just were basically trying to show off how much they knew. But the highlight of the, the Q&A was when Ryan Gosling, when asked, if he could play any character in any uh, film, who would he play? And he said, Freddy Krueger." And the Im-
3: <laughs>
1: the room went crazy.
3: Yeah.
1: That's really great. I want to. I'll tell you this about a story where the question askers weren't the problem, where the person answering the question was the problem. This is a Q and A that I went to with the same person that I was with the the only God forgives one. My friend Brock, my hand is in the audience. Anyway, the. Uh, where this was a, sh- a screening of Targets, at which Peter Bogdanovich was introducing the film. And he went so long because... And he pulled a trick. I got so much respect for him pulling this trick. The moderator was openly, openly being upset with how what long <laughs> Peter Bogdanovich was taking... Because they had to run the film, and I think they had to cancel the screening afterwards because he went so long. I might be remembering that wrong, but that's how I remember it. But he talked for, it was was supposed to be like a 15-minute introduction, went at least 45 minutes. Because he would answer a question, and before the moderator could say anything, the would say, one more question, one more question. And he answered at least 12 one-more questions. And so many of his stories were about famous people who are dead now, so they can't deny it, telling him how good he is about stuff. I can imagine a young Elliot,
4: like, sweating and getting excited about the possibility of doing that exact same thing.
1: (laughs) Someday. Someday. (laughs) Oh,
0: Jeff, last name withheld. Uh, Jeff. I'm wondering if there are any recent bad movies you have intentionally avoided doing for the show.
2: Uh, I feel like we have definitely pointedly not done the Ridiculous Six.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Every time I want to watch something for Sandal Vember, you insist that Sandal Vember doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that we're not allowed to just watch the Adam Sandler movies. <laughs>
1: Uh I don't know. Also, I mean, we th-
4: pointily avoid anything that is over like ninety-five minutes. And yeah, we try we, I mean that's the sweet
1: spot. Sometimes we end up with a two hour or cause we didn't realize it. Eighty seven minutes. Yeah. Just cranking. And there's out, sometimes please. when there's a movie I want to watch the flophouse, and then Dan just goes ahead and watches it on his own because he's good like on a plane By or just, what?
2: what? What's the last one? Can you remember one?
1: Uh off the top of my head. No,
2: I don't remember. But a lot of times oh, you okay. go, Well,
1: I watched it, I watched it because I thought we might kind of like it. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. So now,
2: I mean, I, think you, under, I don't think you understand what the point of the podcast is. Like, I'm deliberately trying to fuck with you guys. Oh, I see.
1: <laughs> Nine I years of this.
2: I never realized, and I never realized.
1: It's like a Stanford experiment, but kind of a damn I feel like every, every, time I sho- every time I
4: show up to watch a movie and it isn't Bucky Larson born to be a star, <laughs> I'm like,
1: thank you. <laughs>
2: All right, we got one more question, and then you can get out of this hot, hot uh, room down here.
1: Or stick around and, and have some drinks Yeah, drink, stick around party. and have a drink with me, dude. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Please. You can have gonna a, a drink with Stuart or Dan, but not me. Anyway, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I got places to be tomorrow, and that place is... Wait, what? <laughs> something yelled, something vulgar Someone in the audience. Someone wants to touch his face. Yeah, and that's not going to happen because that's how you get pimples. Anyway, so. <laughs>
3: that's,
1: an old, that's an old Cary Grant beauty tip. He'd say, don't touch your face. That's how
0: your skin breaks out. Anyway. How's it going? Uh, Nick, last name withheld. Um, being that there's a direct connection to Mystery Science Theater, if you could actually take any of your episodes and. Bring it to, you know, the, you know, the live uh, setting, or whatever you want to call it, for uh, mystery Science Theater. The in-between episodes, what would be the sketch, or what characters would you want to play from the movie In you're like watching? Like the host
1: segment, you're saying?
0: Yeah, like okay. the host segments Ooh. when, you know, we get Torgo, we you know, would yeah. get um, Ortega. What would you guys like to take and make your own, like, Mystery Science Theater post-episode.
2: And what did so you just say?
0: Uh,
1: Good question. Good question. Good question. Question points on that.
2: I think it would be fun to be an Oogie Love.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dan says while leering at us. Yes. He said wistfully.
3: <laughs>
1: you guys ever want oh, to yeah. get, get in one of those Oogie Loves? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Toofy would ev- obviously be the one to be fun to be. Yeah. What, do you want to be the science one? Come on.
1: <laughs> you get I to mean, say science-tastic.
4: I'd love to get to, be, uh, get to be a snake man from Jonah Hex.
1: <laughs> <laughs> snake man. I think I would want someone to come on playing not his character from Fateful Findings, but Neil Breen himself. Yeah! <laughs> Because
4: there's such a great divide between this character and the creator <laughs> And if we Breen. could get
1: Neil Breen, that would be the most, that would be the sweetest thing of all. That's from If I Were a Rich Man.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, you couldn't tell because I didn't do my, my tevia slash Bane voice.
2: <laughs> Why didn't you do that?
1: Uh, you know what, Dan? Sometimes you make decisions that are the wrong decision in the moment and you don't it. It's called being president. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, We've had a lot of fun tonight, guys. Yeah, we, what have we learned have from we? this show, Dan? We, how far over are we going? Pretty far over. Yeah. So, Dan, what have we learned tonight?
2: We've learned that when you get 150 people in a small room, it gets very warm. Just take your shirt off, dude. They all want it.
1: That's what they want. That's what they want. <laughs> I have an
4: undershirt on. It's like when we record in your place. <laughs> Wait, uh yeah. What we so what do we do next? Uh, do we do recommendations?
2: No. <laughs> are, we, are we recommending anything? <laughs> no, we're not recommending anything. This is the part of the podcast where movies, we
4: movies are great, guys. Go check them out. Hey.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pop some
1: corn. We've had a lot of laughs, but I, I'm gonna say, you know what? Visit Hor- your local library. Hor- <laughs> <laughs> Horace may have done a lot of crazy things back in ancient Egypt, but he was right. It's all about how we take care of each other and do nice things for each other. <laughs> And are we going to thank everybody for coming out?
2: Yeah, thank you for coming out to Cake Shop and NYC for the New York City PodFest. Thanks for listening. Thanks for laughing.
1: Thanks for loving. Thanks for learning. Thanks for living. And if you do it, thanks for Thanks marping. for lusting. That's uh, uh, what I was going to say. Not what I was going to say.
2: For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. For the
1: Flophouse, I've been Stuart Wellington. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll be for the Flophouse, too. And I'll be Elliot Kalin. Yeah! Good night, everyone. Woo! Bye. R-O-C-K in the USA. R-O-C-K in the USA. Oh.
0: Maximumfund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
4: Listener supported.
0: I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm Jordan Morris. The federal government has millions of dollars in programs and opportunities that you need to seize today. You're a taxpayer, right? Well, then you've got it coming. Thanks to Uncle Sam. You can get grant programs for veterans. postage stamps that'll ensure your mail gets there in a timely fashion. Fruit for you and your family. Child care for your children that turns them into super soldiers. Get a million dollars to open your own lake. Useful power tools that are easy on your soft, delicate hands. Your own personal radioactive brick. More sexual attention from everyone at the used bookstore. Greyhound tickets. Soft, gentle kisses from TV's John Goodman. A real narwhal. Athletic socks filled with stew. A valuable pamphlet on millet. Your father's approval. Don't wait right now. For all of this and more, drop us a line. Jordan, Jesse, go one, two, three iTunes street or wherever you download podcasts.